With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. West Cork Beard Company make beard oil and beard balm for a strong, healthy, great looking beard handmade from all natural ingredients in Clonakilty, West Cork check out their YouTube channel for beard care tips and advice or catch them online at westcorkbeardcompany.ie for gooners everywhere this is the ultimate football app for you for match highlights, interviews and the best Arsenal videos and podcasts Download the free Gunners app now from the App Store and Google Play. Good evening and welcome to the same old Arsenal. Happy Easter, everyone. I hope you've all enjoyed your weekend in the sunshine. I know that I certainly have. And as you can see, I've caught some sun as well. Welcome to the same old Arsenal. I'm going to be uh, kind of co-hosting tonight with lead judges because Craig, unfortunately, can't be with us. So both of us will be... uh, hosting tonight. First of all, I'm going to welcome the man himself, Mr. Lee Judges. How are you, mate? Yeah, all good. Thank you very much, Dan. All good. I think uh, Craig must be stuck up the ladder or something like, you know, I don't know what's going on with him at the moment, but uh, all that painting and decorating he's doing, I don't know. So, uh, well, hey, listen, have you ever had a weirder bank holiday Monday? I, I can't believe it, you know, so um, not only am I eating loads of biscuits now, they've chucked on chocolate on top now, like it's just... I've got, to get, I've got to go and do something sooner or later. But uh, other than that, then I'm all good. I'm all good. Good, man. Good to hear, Lee. And, of course, joining us as well is Mr. Harry Simu. Harry, how you doing, mate? Happy Easter, man. Happy Easter to you guys and to everyone watching as well. Uh, yeah, all good, mate. All good. Can't complain. Enjoyed the sun this weekend. A couple of barbecues by myself, obviously. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, all good. All good. <laughs> Likewise, man. Barbecues on my own, too. And last of all, our special guest for the night, Please welcome everybody, Mr. Alex Brooker. Alex, how are you, mate? Yeah, good, thank you, pal. How are you? 
Yeah, very well, mate. Thanks so much for coming. And listen, you look like you're abroad out there, mate. It's, a, mate, it's unbelievable. This is, this is a Costa del Huddersfield at the moment. <laughs> this is the best weather I think we've ever had here. But I'll be honest with you, I've made I've come out here to get away from um, my kids, quite frankly, and um, I'm absolutely freezing already. This sun, the sky behind me, does not show just how cold it is. <laughs> Schoolboy era. <laughs> yeah. That is. That is. That is. Uh, listen, guys, we're we're going to be uh, first of all, Alex. Thanks so much for coming on, mate. We're going to be. Um, we're going to be talking about the Venga years, and we're going to be talking about some missed opportunities. And Lee, I'll let you kind of start because me and you had a chat about this, and we wanted to have this as a bit of a topic, didn't we? But you've yeah. been watching some of the old games and rolling yeah. back the years and stuff, you know. So go for it, mate. Exactly, because because we've been in this lockdown situation, it's, you know, it's obviously all bored. I've been starting watching the old games, and you know, I'll be honest, um, that Arsenal win them every time. I don't, I don't put on the losing ones. I still not gone. <laughs> you know, there's part of me wants to go and watch the uh, Man United game. You know, when we the forty the fiftieth game, but I, I just can't bring myself to watch that. Like, uh, you know? but there've uh, been been some fantastic games and some fantastic performances. But I've looked back and it just, and I thought. I thought you know, there's been a few missed opportunities as well. Where this, I didn't realise, and I, I don't know how you guys think of it. I didn't realise how good we was. You know, you just sort of like memories and, and things like that. You know, Patrick Vieira dominating the midfield, Henri up front. You know, it was fantastic. And even when I go back to the Emirates years, I was watching a game yesterday. I can't remember who it was against now, but where it was Van Van Persie, Fabregas, Nasri. And uh, Adi Bayor, all at their best, you know what I mean? Well, they ain't a bad front four, to be honest, of, of quality. And then I looked at it and I think uh, we made a couple of mistakes. Almunia in goal, we had some, you know, and I just think that if Fenger would have just concentrated on just bringing in a decent goalkeeper and a couple of defenders, we could have been, you know, pushing for titles even in those Emirates years as well. So I just feel like, you know, I don't want it to be a Wenger bashing or anything like that because it's, it is really my, 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 my feeling is towards it that we were so good with, with, with this team that we should have won more. Is it me being greedy or is it me just thinking that there are a few miss, missed opportunities there? You know, so. I, think, I think there are missed opportunities. The ones that come to my mind straight away, 2008, I thought we were looking like the best team in the league there when we had Van Persie, Nadi Bayor, Fabregas and Flamini in the middle, Haleb and Riziki either side, you know, we had Torre and Gallas and it was that Birmingham game really when Eduardo broke his leg that everyone mm. goes on about and that was the opportunity from there that I don't know if that mentally hurt those players or what it did but from that point, that season was a huge missed opportunity for me. Um, obviously, you can talk about the kind of 13-14 season when we were top of the league at New Year's Day. I know we won the FA Cup against Hull that year, but that was a season we should have done more. And when you, the year that Leicester won the league, you know, I thought we could have done could have done something that year. But before we kind of go into that, I think we should give the guy some credit because I think he deserves deserves some. Alex, we'll start with you. What's your kind of opinion of, of Arsene Wenger, mate? Well, it's just, it's quite weird. Like, we're kind of talking about kind of all, you know, near misses and where, where we should have won more. And I think that says a lot, because if you think about, if you kind of go through, and I think back to like, I think like 98, 99, I mean, when United won the treble, I remember us going up to Leeds and getting beat a couple yeah. of games ago. And you look at that, and then Bergkamp's missed penalty in a semi-final. And again, you look at that, that was, that was like quite a fine margin. And I know if you look at 2000, 2001, we weren't really close. Then we did the double in 2002, should have won it in 2003. Mm. Won it, you know, we went invincible 2004. 
And it's like you still look at like four years after that, 2008. Yeah, well, I agree. I think we, we should have won it. And it's kind of, I think it is a testament to Wenger that there were so many like kind of great moments, but we were also quite close to to, to doing more as well. And, um, you know, when you think how kind of how things are now, I'd give anything to have some near misses. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <that> <laughs> I would love a near miss, and it's you know I kind of weirdly enough that um that uh, Birmingham game when Eduardo broke his leg, it was weird at the time because I was I was a sports journalist at the time for the, a company called the Press Association, and I was watching it live on our feed, and I remember thinking at the time like Gallus's reaction when he was in the centre circle afterwards is how I felt. It was like this feeling, this big feeling of injustice, and how wrong it was. Not only had Eduardo broke his leg but also the fact that we hadn't won the game and I kind of at the time I didn't think there was anything wrong with uh, sitting in the middle of the pitch but you look back on it now and I think it kind of showed that mentally maybe that, that team kind of kind of crumbled quite quickly and I think that might be uh, an accusation you could throw at a couple of finger teams when we've nearly missed out. Yeah, I think you're, you're right there, mate. I think you're dead right. I think that we have missed that out and it's been quite frustrating. But one thing you bring up, which is so true, Alex, is I'd love to be having near misses and coming second because I look at some of the old games now and where we were complaining and we were moaning at the time and look at us now. You know what I mean? I think, wow, look how far we have come, unfortunately. Uh, and we were still frustrated against Birmingham. I was gutted, you know, when we threw it away against Birmingham in the cup, uh, in the cup final. I was absolutely yeah. gutted. You know, there's been so many missed opportunities. Um, Harry, I know you're a massive Arsenal Wenger fan, as am I. Um, why do you feel that some fans have given him... I believe, kind of a harsh sort of critics. Has it just been because of the, the kind of lack of trophies we won? Has it been because of the lack of signings, the recruitment? I think it's a combination of things. I think that when I describe Arsene Wenger's tenure as Arsenal manager, after the word brilliant, the next word that comes to mind is unlucky. And I genuinely mean that. It's not a cop-out. It's not me just sitting here going, oh, you know, uh, that's why we, we didn't win everything. But for me, Arsene Wenger was really unfortunate. There was a lot, you guys were talking about feeling like injustice, like coming away from games and feeling as though we'd been robbed. That happened way too often under Arsene Wenger. Um, you know, the likes of Manchester United, how many times did we get robbed against Manchester United over the years? How many times did we concede late goals that cost us? And, you know, there's an argument that it's not just all down to luck, but I certainly think that he never really got the rub of the green when it mattered. And I was talking to somebody about this the other day. We we're talking about the 2006 Champions League final. When you cast your mind back to that and how brilliant Arsenal were, you know, in getting all the way to the final, we had a bit of luck in uh, the semi final when Jens Lehmann saved that penalty. We go to the final, and then it was after we took the lead, it was just, you know, everything went against us, didn't it? Like, I mean, the, the, the luck wasn't there, the luck ran out. There's other games that come to mind as well where we just didn't get that rubber to green. So I think Arsene Wenger, when you look at his team, over the 22 years or whatever, people will always point to the fact that he never won the Champions League. But when you think about it, I think apart from the, the 98 team and the 2004 Invincibles, I don't even include the, the 2002 double winning side in this probably. I don't think he ever had a team good enough to win the Champions League. I think we had a good team in terms of looking at the Premier League and, and competing in that. But in terms of the European stage, I never felt he really had the tools to compete there. And so I think that criticism of him is really harsh. I think when things started to turn a bit sour, I think it was a combination of things. 
one Arsene Wenger had been left behind a little bit, which I, it pains me to say, but it was the truth. The way the club was being run, um, and I'm sure we're going to come on to that a bit later, that wasn't right. Never provided them with him with the right environment. And in giving him free reign, they, they kind of shot themselves in the foot. So I think there's a lot of factors. But for me, the one that always sticks in my mind when I watch these games back, and I've been like judge over these last few weeks, watching a lot of them back, most of the ones that we win, obviously. Um, <laughs> but we weren't a very lucky team. I don't know if I'm just being biased as an Arsenal fan when I say that, but I just felt we never got the rubber to green when it really, really mattered. 2006 is the one that, that, that hurts the most. I think yeah. that one, that one, it, it, I watched, there was a, f- a few years ago, they did that Henri uh, documentary and they put it on the website. I don't know if you remember. And it was Henri on it was talking about, um, it's the clip that say, you remember the, that documentary where they always use a clip where he's talking about Tariko jumping up and down at him. Yeah. So cheering, but, you know, we only need a draw to win the league at your place. And, and that was the attitude <laughs> of them. And it's that documentary. And in it, he talks about when he went clean through to put us 2-0 up against Barcelona. Oh, he didn't have anything left in his legs. And you think about, I mean, they ran, I mean, they ran their nuts off in that game. I remember Lundberg just being all over the place. And do you know what? I think the rubber the green, you know, it, they didn't get it in, in, in that game, certainly. And it, that's what is the most heartbreaking about it. And also, like I mentioned before, like that in um, 2004, when we went to Old Trafford for the 50th game, and you were saying, Lee, that you, you haven't watched it back. Don't, mate. I watched like this <laughs> YouTube clip and this nah. of all the decisions and some of the ones that go against us in that game are absolutely insane. How Mike Riley is in charge of refs in this country now because it is absolutely criminal. Just don't do it to yourself, mate. Nah, I, I, I've never ever watched it. I've never ever watched it back. and I've never actually watched it on TV because... I've just never never been able to do it, like you know. And and you are so right. The dece- Harry said something there that just reminded me of something. You know, I don't know if you can remember. I don't know what year this was, but you'll you'll remember it. When we played Liverpool in the Champions League, it might have been the quarterfinals or whatever knockout oh, stages. Awful. Right, they've got yeah. the two referees behind the goal for the first time ever, and we we're at one-one with about three minutes to go, and Cleb gets absolutely taken yeah. out, and and it's a blatantest penalty that you ever wish to see. And it doesn't get given. And then we go up to Anfield and then um, Walcott does the, the magical run, puts it across <laughs> the alley and we're all in there celebrating, thinking that we're through. And then we go and concede in the last couple of minutes. But realistically, we'd have gone through if it weren't for that poor decision. You know, I have to say, injuries as well have been a real big factor why things ain't gone well. You know, Diaby would have been, I think, a fantastic player with the injury, Eduardo. And, and the one that pains me there, because I watched the games, uh, a couple of games um, today when Aaron Ramsey, pre-injury, was was phenomenal. And, it, you know what I mean? We had that little bit of extra pace to his game, 18 years of age, and he was running games for us be- just before he got injured in the Stoke game as well. So injuries have been a, a big part of things as well, you know. But I also think there's a... And I, I'm, I'm going to criticise uh, Wenger a little bit, a little bit of arrogance. I look back, I disagree with Harry about the 2004 because I thought we was well equipped to win that Champions League that season. No, sorry, yeah. that's the that's the season I said I didn't think the 2002 team, so the double team that won it. In oh, 2002. So 2000, yeah, yeah that's 2004, 2004. I thought we could have. Yeah, you know, if we'd have beaten Chelsea, we'd have had Monaco in the semi-final, and then we'd have had. Um, Porto Water. in the fire, you know that would have been a great shot. And we was we was one hell of a side. I, I, I look at that team now. It had every every. Uh, I look back at it too. Fat to win it and go unbeaten is incredible. And we should, you know, 
um, laud that as we do. But we, I still feel there's a missed opportunity there. Semi-final of the FA Cup, you know, playing Man United. Chance to really smash it home to them, you know what I mean? I've always felt really annoyed with him in 99, you know. For Arsene Wenger to do that, we should have won in 99. He had the opportunity when we was by far a better team than them to go to that cup final, play Millwall in the final and smash them. And he played a reserve some. And then we then lose to Chelsea. And then obviously, like the game after that was Liverpool when we was fantastic. But it, it was a little bit of arrogance in that in that team selection, what he'd done there. And I felt that it was a massive miss, missed opportunity from what I see of that. You know, that, and it was a great, great team. But... Just little things like that, you know, and I, I do agree with what we're saying about, you know, unlucky and things like that. And also, I'm going to go and see it now. Even Leeds at home when we lost 3-2 in 2003. Mm. We, they're down there fighting for relegation and it was just a mismatch of a game. And I'm going to say this now. I went to the cup final a week later and it was the last cup final I went with my dad. Like, you know, he's not, he's, he's still alive, by the way, but he's, he weren't like quite um quite fit enough to go to the game. So it was the last time we went to and I never enjoyed the two thousand three cup final because I was still bitter about that with the, the game the week before we lost the league. You know, and I, I look back at it now and I think, God, oh, you know, what a mug I was. I should really have enjoyed these moments. Yeah, but you bring that up, Lee, and I think that's a great point because that season for me, we were, I think, was it eight points or even 11 points ahead of United that season? And we was we just won the double going into that 0203 season. We were top drawer, in my opinion. That, that side was as good as the Invincible side. I still feel most of them were pretty much there. And we had a great, great chance to do that. And we threw it away massively because we were so far ahead. I think that they that was the first missed opportunity for me, really. Um, obviously, season after that, we make up for it by going unbeaten. But I think, Alex, you make a great point earlier before we went live about the situation with Wayne Bridge um, at Highbury. Just because that game, we just... What happened to that game? <laughs> I tell you, when, when you think back to it, I remember because like, we scored. So we've drawn one all at Stamford Bridge. We've gone to our place. Reyes put us 1-0 up just before half-time. So you look at it, you're 2-1 ahead on aggregate. You've got an away goal. And then straight after half-time, I remember like Lehman, like, I remember him parrying a shot out and I think yeah. a couple of people that scored. But that was like a mistake Lampard. early on. Lampard, and then, yeah. as soon as that happened, we just... I, it's weird with that because actually it was like, if that had happened just before half-time, they could have regrouped, but they just never got hold of the game. Uh, again after that and I remember because he, he took on Rioff, um when the guy at that point like the game was heading into extra time it's always weird when you think he took on Rioff, um and put Burkamp on I think and it's weird when you think back to that because Henri had been rested for that um, game against United if you remember because that was a yeah. big said, play. That's exactly right yeah, Wenger said after well, you know, we should we're not relying on just one player so <laughs> the idea of wrestling was he should have been fresh and I always it just we just lost lost our minds. I lost my mind. I didn't go back to uni for like a week after that game. <laughs> I was at home. I was too upset. I couldn't show my face. And I remember being sick. Yeah. I was heart, I was heartbroken. Uh, that Wayne Bridge, and it does feel like that team does feel like the most equipped. Weird enough, I know we got to the final in two thousand and six and came close, but you still always felt that that 04 team was was the team that was the best equipped to go and. Um, win the Champions League. And I suppose for Arsenal, it's always kind of a bit of a, a mark against him, the fact that he didn't. I think when we talk about some of these near misses as well, the things that make me think about in 2003 was like, sometimes it's like just a little bit of a lack of quality and depth. I remember 2003, 
I can't remember who it was. It was injured at the back, but I remember that was when Seagan came in uh, into the team late in in that in that league run and was well, he was bum, wasn't he? So it was just like, <laughs> it was just one of those. Yeah, it was. Yeah, <laughs> I've done this podcast before. I don't know what the, what the language is. But yeah, uh, go for it, mate. I'm just a bird that came into my mind. <laughs> it's, not unusual, it's not a usual turn of phrase just to let everyone at home know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, you're right. You're right, mate. He was bum. That is definitely a word for Sigan. That's what we're going to call him now, Pascal Bum Sigan. Pascal Bum Sigan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that most of these, obviously, at, at the Highbury days, but moving into the Emirates, Lee, it was like, I mean, we did take some invincibles, but most of them had left. I mean, Henri and Gilberto were really the only two that I can remember. So, do you think that kind of we were starting again and maybe some of, some of this team were just too young to kind of start yeah, again with the Emirates that year. Cause... This, this is where I feel that I, and I, um, I'm, I'm never, people criticise Arsene Wenger for those, the Emirates years and whatever. I thought for what he had and the tools that he had and what we now know a little bit more, I think he was, we've done an absolutely fantastic job. And I can tell you this now, some of the football we played at the beginning of the Emirates for the first three or four seasons and what I've been seeing now uh, I, I don't, you didn't realise how good they were. I was saying earlier on before we come on, like Nazari, we had Nazari, Adibayor, Fabregas, Van Persie, when they was like at their prime. And it was it was a pleasure to watch. I remember like we'd gone, we, we'd destroy teams, but there was a weakness at the back. There was, a, you know, if he'd have addressed and got himself a goalkeeper, if he'd have got himself a decent centre half, I honestly think we could have gone on and won a, a lot, of, lot of things. But it was incredibly gifted sides and, and teams that he put out. You know, the football that we played was mm. unbelievable. And, uh, you know, even so, like, when Arsenal lose now, it don't hurt so much because I, I, and I've, I think the reason being is because we were so good then. I, the expectations were there so much more. And I think over the years, the expectations of the Arsenal fans have been dampened all the time, you know. But... Um, and I, I think that he's done a he's done a, a fantastic job, and I, with with some of the teams that he played. And I just feel there's always been some great. You know, he got a tune. I, I watched the game. Was it the game I watched the other day? I can't think. It was Spurs. We beat them three 0 Do you know when um, Fabregas scored straight from? Yeah, the Yeah, straight game? after. Yeah, so, I remember that. The Nielsen. I think it was the Nielsen or, or someone like that in midfield. I might have been getting my games mixed up here. And I'm looking at him, and he's he's bossing the game. He's absolutely bossing the game. And then I hear people turn around and say, oh, Danielson was a rubbish player. Well, he wasn't in that team. He was like, you know, really, really good. And it was some really good play. It was, you know, a buoy going down the way. I'll tell you what game I see today was Cholton when um, Van, oh, Van Persie got set, gets two what goals. But he's bombing down the wing and I'm thinking, cool, we all go mad about Bellerin and we slagged off uh, a buoy, you know what I mean? And things like that. So he, he found some fantastic players and uh, I, I just think that I just didn't realise how good the Arsenal team was. Mm. And that's why I wanted to bring this up, like, you know, and people, I think, are a little bit unfair on Wenger at the moment. They, you know, like, because of what happened in the last few years, they're all oh, anti Wenger. But I also think in those few years, in the, I know we didn't win nothing. Like, I, I still, people, I remember coming out of the game against Birmingham. Listen, I was as disappointed as anybody. I think a lot of fans turned on him that day. And I, I, as much as, was it his fault? That you know that um, Chesney and um, um, Koscielny messed up at that. No, you know what I mean. Like, and the biggest 
key factor of that is that on the Wednesday night, we had to play Stoke. It was a real horrible, you know, what they were like. That, that's when Stoke under Pulis were a real tough team. And we lost Fabregas that day for a hamstring injury. And he didn't play in that final. And that was a massive, massive loss to lose your captain, the player that made everything tick. And I don't yeah. know if you're remembering that game as well. This is when we're going about luck as well. That when Van Persie scored, he was never the same after that with the injury. He got, got injured in that game. He was never quite the same. I think he was, you know, it was just sort of, it just wasn't to be. And you get games. I, I remember, um, I, 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 this is our board. I'm, I'm watching things back in the 70s, how good Leeds were. You know what I mean? But Leeds lost to, to Sunderland in a, in, a, in a cup final. And they had all these great, great teams. Liverpool in the 70s and 80s lost to Man United on, on the semi-final. All these great teams have near misses, you know what I mean? And probably Man United fans will probably say, oh, we should have beaten Arsenal this game and that game. And, and we are right, Alex and, and Dan are saying, you know, I, this, this, next season, if we get a near miss and come runners up and I'll be disappointed, I promise you I won't moan. I, I promise you I won't <laughs> because this is what it's about now, isn't it? Like, it's absolutely fantastic to watch these games back. But... You know, there are those those defeats that are hurtful, you know, and refereeing decisions, as I say, you know, I'm 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 gonna go on what Alex said, I'm never gonna watch it. I'm never gonna watch that <laughs> man It's I genuinely it's the closest I, f- I think that like it's one it's the worst refereeing performance I've ever seen. It's like not only should they go down to ten men when Ferdinand Hall's Lundberg, it's a professional foul. Also, Van Nistor ends up raking his studs down Ashley Cole's shin. Yeah. And oh my mm. god, it's right in front of the linesman, and he doesn't go. And it's just the game is mad. The the worst thing about that game, I remember Ashley Cole getting booked first, and they were some of the worst challenges I've ever seen. And it was, yeah, I mean that is, I'm still, I'm as you can tell, mate, I'm upset about it now. <laughs> I think we all are, man. Yeah. We all are. I must admit. I think sometimes with Arsenal, when I kind of look at some of the recruitment when we went to the Emirates, I know that you know, kind of he, he had less money to, to play with. Um, but I always felt that we we lost. It was like, do you remember when we played Chelsea in the League Cup final? I think it was one of the youngest teams they've ever they've ever had. Two thousand seven, yeah, yeah. Kind of, we lost we lost experience, and we didn't quite replace it with quality experience. And I think that always it was always a bit of a, a detriment, a, a slightly to the teams, and also a bit of physicality as well. We kind of, we, you know, it's like kind of these these kind of technically gifted players, but they're all quite small and slight. And there was that thing, you know, it was like, let's get into Arsenal. But yeah, they weren't in 2004. Yeah. I remember like teams used to come and kick, try and kick them and they were just too big and too good for them and too strong. Whereas when the teams changed slightly, we kind of lost that uh, a, a little bit. And I think sometimes that, that kind of contributed a little bit to why we, we slightly fell short uh, a little bit, mm. really. And it is weird when we talk about Arsenal because we're talking about all these near misses and all this success and it is kind of weird now when there is kind of that uh, I don't know kind of like you said Lee like that from the last couple of years of, of his time at Arsenal it is almost kind of it kind of leaves like a little bit of a sour taste yeah it's it, really sad because we were spoiled for a long time yeah. like, when I look back at like kind of my time supporting Arsenal I was what 14 when we done the, the double in 2008 and literally every single season Nigh on, you know, got even about 2007, we, we got to the, the League Cup final. 2008, we were almost challenging for the title. 
So you're looking at a good, a good long stretch there of kind of 10 years or so where we were challenges something, even 2000 when we were, you know, we had a bad season. We got to the UEFA Cup final. 2001, that Liverpool Cup final. How the hell we didn't win that is beyond me. Another yeah. joke decision. Another joke decision. Yeah, another one. Like, just thought that just remind me of that one. Like, you know, yeah. do you think, do you think, like, though, Harry, you, you know, you're, you're, a, as you say, massive uh, Arsenal Wenger fan as well. Do you think, like, as an Arsenal fan or or in general, that the, the defeats hurt more than the greatness of winning? Do you know what I mean? Like, like uh, if you win all the time, like, uh, you know, when you win a cup, oh, yeah, that was great. The feeling's great. But when you lose, it's, it hurts even more. Do you yeah, know, it you know does. what I'm saying? It does, because what happened was under Arsene Wenger in the early years, we were spoiled. Um, and, and like you said, Judge, earlier we were talking about, you know, looking at the, going to the games and it not hurting so much when we get beat now because we've become used to it. The decline wasn't over one or two years. It was over a period of time. And I think that from a business perspective, the club thought it was the right thing to move to the Emirates. I don't think that they moved there, you know, without having the best intentions in mind. But when they did go there, things changed completely. You know, you had like the emergence of Chelsea a few years before that had come out of nowhere with lots of money. All of a sudden, there was another challenger. Um, Alex, you mentioned the the change in approach from Arsene Wenger in the way he managed his teams and the way he set up his teams and the route he went down, less physical players. If you look at it, 2008 to 2012, that was the Barcelona peak under Pep Guardiola. So he's obviously had a look at that and thought, you know what, this is the way forward now. We didn't have the finances. We didn't have the personnel to to try and emulate that. And we struggled. But I think there were so many things going on in the background in the Emirates era that it was almost impossible for Arsene Wenger to get it 100% right. And I think what, what Judge said before was spot on. We were just being in the top four was a good job considering the, the situation. You know, we've heard Fabregas recently talk about the way he left and that he wanted to leave the year before because he didn't feel that the ambition was there. We've heard Van Persie since he left come out and say the same things. We've heard Adebayor, who I can't stand now, but let's be honest, there was a period of time where Adebayor was really, really important to this Arsenal side. He was scoring goals left, right and centre. And Adebayor got, had someone come in the room one day and tell him, we're selling you. again Because that was the way the club was being run. It was all about money. And money, unfortunately, dominated everything. And I think that... You know, I think it's a combination of things. Yes, of course, Arsene Wenger made a lot of mistakes. Everyone makes mistakes. Anybody who's in a job for 22 years will make errors. Um, so we've got to forgive him a little bit for that. But I think when you put all the factors into one and you look at everything in the bigger picture, then it, apart from maybe the last two seasons, Arsene Wenger didn't do a bad job at all. And, you know, the, the fact that Unai Emery come in and, and didn't succeed. And, uh, you, you know, do you think that Mikel Arteta is going to take Arsenal beyond where Arsene Wenger had them? I don't think so, at, based on like where we are now. So you, we're going to continue to keep looking back at Arsene Wenger. And the longer this goes on, the more we're going to look back and say, actually, we were harsh on him. Well, let's be you honest. That that when you look at... When you look, the team, on, Alex. Sorry, sorry, just when I look at like the, kind of the last couple of years of, of Wenger's reign, I think the slight problem came when he started to spend money again. He didn't particularly kind of... I don't know. It wasn't spent as well as, I suppose, what, we, what we'd have liked. And... There's the other thing is we look at the club now, and let's be honest, it's not run 
well from the top to, to bottom anyway. It's like, you know, Gazidis, when he went off to Milan, you look at some of the, some of the decisions that have been made with the club. I don't want to be too negative, but it wasn't all down to, to Wenger. I know Wenger had a big say, but I don't think some of the decisions that have been made, you know, at Arsenal in kind of the cronky years, let's be honest, they've not been particularly great as a whole anyway. So I think that it's hard for Wenger because he's kind of, I think we all, you know, he had a lot of say, but I don't think he, you know, we can blame him for everything. No, no, you made a great point there, Harry, um, about Adi Bayor. We, we, he, the season that he left, he scored 30 goals for us that season. That was a massive thing. And Arsene Wenger came in and said, well, that's, that's okay. We'll let him go. And I'm going to put in Robin Van Persie in that position. And I, I even know that Van Persie turned around and said, well, I'm, he wasn't convinced, was he, that that was the role for... And then we, within a year, we hadn't, we'd forgot about Adi Bayor because this goal machine... and Van Persie come along, you know, and again, even like going back to the last couple of seasons, you know, Meza Ozil come in and Sanchez has come in. It was, you know, we had this great attacking play, but it just never quite worked on the back again, you know, and that, that, that is always to me the, 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 the downside of that's Wenger. The, but that's the thing. That's the thing with him as well, is I think. Well, go on, Harry, go on. Sorry, mate. I was just going to say, do you think though that. We know that Arsene Wenger had a massive emphasis on attacking football. That's the way he wanted to play and fair play to him. You know, he's not the only one that, that you know, mm-hmm. you can ask questions about his defensive ability. You know, you could say the same about Guardiola's teams, etc. But for me, I just feel like Arsene Wenger, he didn't have, he knew that he couldn't compete financially with the others around him. And he just made a decision. I believe that he made a decision to prioritise on bringing yeah, bringing on enter, bringing entertaining football to the table, spending the money that he did have on attacking players because I believe that that was that was his philosophy and that's what he wanted to to emphasize. And so I think if you had said to Arsene Wenger, "Here you go, mate. Here's some more money. You know, you can go get some top defenders," he would have done it. Of course, he would have done it. Of course, he would have wanted to have the best defenders available. But I think he knew that you know it was one after the other it was first it was fabregas how much are you going to put on the table to keep him then van persie adebayor had to be sold you know there were so many players he kept finding a way of regenerating you- that attacking power but, but that cost money and that meant that we had to keep doing shifting things around and making do with players in other positions to accommodate that I think as well, what the one good thing, well, the few things I'll say about him, to be fair, in terms of his positive activity is how he got some of those sides or some of those squads, teams into the top four was beyond me. So you've got the likes of Bentner and Shamak up front. You had Jovino, Flamini and Arteta for ages in the middle. They were all getting top four football. That was outstanding. I don't believe another manager could have done that with the squad that he had. So that's the first thing I'll say. And also, he was never bothered by selling players, Arsene Wenger. You know, and Harry makes good points about some of the players that left. He replaced them. So when Anelka came on, he was the best 17, 18-year-old we'd seen. But he didn't mind selling him because he bought in Thierry Henry. And we always managed to replace Henry with Van Persie. And then Van Persie with Giroud. And then Giroud with Sanchez. Sanchez with Aubameyang. He's always managed to replace players. And I'm not sure that there's another manager out there that has done that apart from Sir Alex Ferguson. Guardiola and Klopp have managed to build their sides, but they've been given so much money to do that with. I'm not so sure that Arsene Wenger was given that much money. So I think he deserves a lot of credit there as well. 
I always trusted Wenger to replace attackers, but I never trusted him to replace defenders. But I don't, I don't exactly, and I, and this is the point I'm making is I don't, I don't believe out of all of the missed opportunities that we've discussed that we had top centre half or a top defensive midfielder at any of those opportunities. So I don't believe that we had, and it goes back to the style of player we had. We went for Fabregas and Flamini, or Fabregas and Danielson, or Wilshere and Ramsey, but we never had a Vieira. And all of our centre-backs, apart from maybe Koscielny for a couple of seasons, you could name that were absolute bum, as Alex says. Yeah? <laughs> so the Sigal, the Senderos, the Stepanovs, the Skilachi, yeah? Sylvest. How many of these, back? Mustafi, Socrates, how many of these players are been so poor at the back? And that's where I think it has left Arsveng down, is his recruitment or team or whoever it is that's selecting these players. And we've still got the same problems today. We've still not replaced Vieira. We've still not replaced um, Sol Campbell. So you look at that against, say, Leicester. We were a defensive midfielder away from winning the league or a centre-half away from winning the league the year that Leicester won it. Likewise in 2008. Likewise in 2010 when we lost to Birmingham in the Cup and then got thrown out against Barcelona and the rest of them. I still feel we had the spine that was weak there. So I feel that that did let us down. Is that Arsene Wenger's fault? Is it the recruitment's fault? Is it is it both a combination? I'm so it was just messaged me, I mean, it, it, you know, and I, I'm going to stick up for Arsene Wenger again. One of the, it's just said one of the best games at, at the Emirates was when we beat Barcelona 2 1. Do you remember that game? The atmosphere, yeah. the way we played, you know, brilliant, brilliant. And then I, now I don't know if it, I can't remember, but then we get we go to Barcelona, we're we, we get we, we're back in the game and we get Van Persie sent off for a kick in. Of, uh, crazy! I was at that uh, game. Crazy yellow card. You know what I mean? I've never seen it happen ever again. And we end up <laughs> losing that game, which we, you know, actually Benton went through in the last minute uh, scored. But again, you know what I mean? Like someone just, you know, we're hurting people here by, by reminding them of these games. But it, you know, it's so it's it's always been there, isn't it? We've been a really. I think that you know what we're saying about the Emirates. I think we've had some fantastic teams at the Emirates. When you look at those players and how bad they were some of those defenders, you know, you have to say the man's a genius. It's because the attacking, the attacking quality, though, was there, Lee, wasn't it? The attacking quality oh, we never had a problem with. It's just was that, We yeah. mentioned how good they were. It's just the, the poor players we had at the back, in my opinion. And not even fullbacks, because we actually had good fullbacks, in my opinion. You know, Sagner are rated, Kalishi are rated, Monreal was consistent, Bellerin was okay, when, uh, uh, you know, before he got his, his injury. So it's been our centre-backs and our defensive midfield, or lack of, that's, that's let us down. Would you agree with that, Alex? Yeah, mate, I, I do have a point to make on that. But my laptop, I've got like 4%. I really need to quickly go and get my charger. This yeah, mate, go on, mate. You do what you no want to do, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Charger and a hoodie, mate. Charger and a hoodie. These professional people not like that. That's it, mate. But that's the frustrating thing, boys, isn't it? That we're still looking at these positions now that ain't been strengthened. Like we're still talking about it now. Yeah, Vieira, but you, Campbell. I, I look at I look back and I, I don't think like we've we've heaped loads of praise on Arsene Wenger tonight. And I, I don't think for a minute that Arsene Wenger never knew that. That he didn't know within himself that he needed to improve in terms of his personnel defensively. And people say he was arrogant. I don't actually think he was that arrogant. I think he just really believed in what he was doing. And going by his principles, there was no way he was gonna um, you know sacrifice quality in the attacking third to build up a defence. He just, that wasn't his way. And, you know, it's, it's maybe it's a bit naive, but I don't think it's arrogant. I think it's naivety more than anything. 
Do you think it's a little bit like of his weak, one of his weaknesses, in my opinion, or kind of a strength and a weakness? His strength was he had trust in players, but it was also his weakness. How yeah, long think... did we stick with Almunia in goal? How long did we have these players I've just mentioned at the back? You know, he was still sticking with Mustafi, you know, and he's still there now. We were still sticking with the the, the likes of um, Senderos at the back. Giroud, I think we went into the Barcelona game in 1-2-1. We had Giroud playing yeah. for most of that game. With Koscielny's you know? first Champions Koscielny's first yeah. Champions League game. There you go. So oh, look oh, at that. Crazy. I don't know if you see it like the other day, and I I, I, I knew on Match of the Day it was the <laughs> um, the, the, four, the four four game on Match of the Day, and I thought, oh, shall I pay myself? Uh, awful. It's like a defeat to me. It's like a defeat. Can't watch that. So I watch it, and uh, you know Almunia, you know for the first, it's it's a dolly of a shot, you know what I mean? And he piles it out, and we end up drawing four four with Spurs, you know what I mean? I can't. It's like a defeat. I remember coming home from that game, like like it was a defeat. Me and my dad were uh, gutted. It was just absolute like an absolute defeat. And I look back on it now, and I don't realise. But if Almunia, if we had a decent goalkeeper, there, we win that game, you know. Yeah. It's just things like that. And I do think there's about there's about sixty uh, Spurs fans left. Six celebrating. Them there's none of them. They all got home, aren't they? <laughs> it was just it was just poetry in motion, and they get two goals in the last minute. And I look back on it, and I think Elmonia, what were you doing? And realistically, should never have played for Arsenal after that game. But that you know, Arsenal figures definitely definitely right there. I think that I think Patrick Vieira said it on a on a documentary, didn't he? It was his uh, Roy Keane. Yeah, Roy Keane. Patrick Vieira. That was his his weakness as well. So you know. True. And um, yeah, so uh, that is enough. And I've got to just go back to it now while we're, while we're on it. I don't know how, how people feel about this. I never seen we won the league at White Hart Lane because that game when we come out of it, I know we won the league at White Hart Lane, but we was 2 0 up for Christ's sake. Rub it in their faces. We end up drawing 2 2, and I walked off with the ump. You know what I mean? Everybody celebrating. Crazy, isn't it? Just won the league. Celebrating. Oh, no, we should have beaten them. You know, I don't, is it me? Is it me? You know? <laughs> Alex, you wanted to make a point, mate, before you run out of juice. Are you all, yeah, are you all good now, mate? <laughs> now, sorry about that. Um, no, I was just, we were talking kind of about some of the transfers. I don't know if you've kind of got through, gone through it now, but it's like I do look and, and I do think that, you know, maybe circumstances dictated, you know, missing out on players because other teams could give them higher wages and that there might be outside kind of factors that we don't know about. I'd be interested to see his autobiography. Just how yeah, up, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Some of the some of the things that we we didn't really see, um, and I just felt that some some of the recruitment, like the, you're right, uh, Harry, you kind of always kind of put the emphasis on attacking players, and he, you know there were some good ones, but there was also you know you look you look at back at that year when we ended up like kind of it almost felt like panic buying when we got like Mertesacker, Arteta, Park Chu Young, I mean Jesus Christ, and it was <laughs> just like Andre Santos, and that and that season you kind of you look at that, and I I felt that. Kind of some of those, you know, that didn't strike me as a plan, and if that's what I think, maybe in the latter years, maybe slightly cost us, and kind of, you know, do you think as, as you as you brought up uh, Alex earlier on though, like um, or, or Harry, don't I, I I think that Wenger screened a lot of that, you know. Um, when I look back at it, that you know, when we lost at eight two, it was like him turning around and going, "They are, see, this is this is what yeah. I've got to deal with here." You know what I mean, like, and it, uh, all the. A lot of the anger was put onto Arsene Wenger when really see Gazidis was having a free ride and, and certainly some of those board members are having free rides. And I think Wenger sort of went with him a little bit more, Harry. Do you know what I mean? Than, than, than maybe say, you know, like, say I remember going to West Ham in, uh, over Christmas and January 
and um, uh, Emery come out and turn around and say, I've got no money. But Arsene Wenger never done that. He always, you know, kept it like, and I just feel everybody was battering him, and I felt like one of the balls just said, oh, that's fine. You you take all the, yeah. all the stick, Arsene, you know what I mean? And I felt that was wrong. Do you know that, that it was a little bit like, it was kind of, Wenger was like the ultimate company man. It's like, he's the yeah. face of the club, and he'll take, he won't go out there and go, look, the board have told me I've got no money. And so, you know, could you have imagined Mourinho just like, he'd have been gobbing off left, right and centre, creating discourse. They've not given, I would have got this player, but they've messed it up. And it's like, you kind of, Wenger was like the ultimate, it felt like he was like the ultimate company man. He protected those above him at the club. He was kind of the face of it. He took the brunt of it off the fans. And I think that, you know, obviously his shareholders are going to be loving all that. And I think with that, they gave him kind of, he kind of got less scrutiny maybe as maybe slightly than some, maybe slightly other, other managers. And he had more control over quite, you know, of his bit. And I, I don't know, it just kind of, to me, that seems like quite of a, a, a kind of a bad, a bad relationship for the, for the club as a whole, because he was protecting them. And at the same time, I think that they gave him, he stopped being questioned as much, maybe a little bit. And I think that might have been to detriment. I think he was, I think Arsene Wenger was maybe a little bit too classy. Uh, you, you mentioned Jose Mourinho there. But Mourinho would have absolutely been the first one coming out in a press conference and saying, you know, if he had to play a game with Juru and Segan at the back and he got beat, he would have been the first one to come out and throw those players under the bus. And Arsene Wenger's principles wouldn't allow him to do that. Yeah, and that, that went went against him in the long run because, like you said, Alex, he was protecting the club. He, whenever things went wrong, he wouldn't point the finger at somebody else. He'd then sit there and, and probably worry about how he was going to put it right and how he was going to improve it. And I was actually lucky enough to meet Arsene Wenger a couple of months after he'd left the job. And when I tell you, looking at the guy face to face, having left the Arsenal job, he looked 10 years younger. And that's not even an exaggeration. Like you could just see the supermarket, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. How can you go to the supermarket and see Arsene Wenger? That's unreal. What supermarket was it, Harry? Lidl's. Um, No, it was uh, (laughs) it was boots in Whetstone. I went to get some deodorant, and uh, yeah, well, I I went and played football at half time, and I I forgot my deodorant at home. Uh, Went to get boots, and I found Arsene. I met Wenger in 2000, just just for a random thing. I met him in 2000. I remember, like, before they had, like, the big, like, kind of the big uh, training ground and stuff like that. Sometimes before Champions League nights, the players would go to a hotel and they'd go to this Holiday Inn before before Champions League games at Highbury and get the coach from there. It was down the road from Great Ormond Street. And I was in hospital at the time and my physio, like, wheeled me down there. They put it this way, like, they're not going to say no to photos of a little fat guy in a wheelchair. <laughs> I remember my mum having like a photo. And I remember my mum just going, Oh, you're a lot very handsome in real life. And now I really looking back now, at the time I was like 15, I didn't really want to see it, but I think she might have been flirting with it. <laughs> <laughs> Wenger could have been my stepdad. <laughs> Made little Wenger out signs on the computer if he'd have grounded me. I always remember thinking, God, he's tall. But then when you sat in a wheelchair because you've broken a leg, everyone is. What was Venga buying him, Did you have a little look in his basket, Harry? Uh, yeah, I don't you know what? 
He was buying, he had toothpaste in his hand. I think he was like, because I, I said he was standing there and there was somebody else that was talking to him, like just a passerby who obviously recognized him. And he was like really friendly and open and warm. And like sometimes when you see people like that, you know, are famous and you, you look at them and you're like, you kind of get that vibe off them, whether you feel like you can go and say hello or you can't. And Arsene Wenger gave that vibe of like, you know, I'm, I'm happy to talk to anyone or whatever. And because I, I used to work in, on Whetstone High Road and there was an Italian restaurant there. And we used to go there for, for lunch sometimes on a Friday. And Arsene Wenger always used to be in there with with a mate of his. And they would just but they'd sit right at the back of the restaurant. Nobody else would be seated anywhere near them. And they just sort of. And I, I saw him all those times and I was like, oh, I'm never going to go. I'm not going to walk across an empty restaurant to go and disturb this guy. But. In boots, I thought, ah, oh, come yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. 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 If you're in fair game, that's that's yeah. a role of TV. Fair game. Any, it. any shop's fair game, isn't it? Like, I think a restaurant. I think you've got to let it go. You've got to in let boots, it go. Harry, was he was he over the uh, the sale? The um, was he over the sale section? The buy one get one free or something? I tell you what, he uses. Uh, he probably was. I tell you, like that. Right? Even because he uses, uh, he uses Colgate. There you go. That's an interesting. Yeah, well, yeah, red and white. That's Ex- why. Same old Arsenal exclusive. Yeah. Arsenal <laughs> uses Colgate. <laughs> Where, Colgate. Uh, well, while we're doing that, Alex, where's the most weirdest place you someone's come up to you and asked for an autograph or a photo? Oh God, um, I'm just trying to think now. Um, I'll, I'll be honest with you. There was, I was. In hospital, I was visiting someone who was quite ill in hospital. I was visiting my granddad in hospital. I remember one of the nurses asked if I could have a photo, and that was quite. I mean, you're not you're not going to say no, but I remember thinking, like, yeah, it was quite a tough time to be honest with you. That was a weird place. I'm trying to think of other places. I think the thing, like, I remember just have a photo, like in the like when I in there's like little local Sainsbury's. down the road for me and also because people don't ex- like expect to see me knocking about Huddersfield I always get people people coming up to me then and a few times they've like tweeted and said that like oh I hope you found the sour cream and stuff like that and it's <laughs> it's like I remember there was there was a there was a fella um who I was, I was wearing a pair of shorts I've been to the gym and this is still the strangest thing that anyone's ever said to me ever about me being disabled and I was I had my shorts on so you could clearly see my prosthetic leg and uh, this bloke's just like, oh, so what happened to your leg? And I said, um, oh, well, you know, I was 30 months old, uh, kind of had to have it amputated and stuff like that. He was like, oh, all right. And, um, so is it going to get better, though? <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't laugh, but I can't. Oh, dear. Like what else did you do, though? I'm not in here for the cure, mate. Certainly not for his local. So I don't know what you thought I was trying to buy, but like that's not how like once legs are off, they tend to be off. That's the end of um, it, isn't it? Like, yeah. like, <laughs> don't worry about it; it'll be all right, though. Yeah. But the thing though, is that I always like my thing with like lucky enough to have done telly for for like eight years now, and there's something about footballers that's like a different. It's it's still like it brings out like the biggest like fanboy in me. And I just I can't I can't I can't help it. If I could go, I went to that like Arsenal Foundation the the night to remember dinner a few years ago, and I like you know, I remember Bellingham was on our table and I lost my mind. And I <laughs> like talk to them and, and and stuff like that. And I remember once seeing um Callum Chambers and Oxlade Chamberlain at a premiere, and I just asked for a photo with the Ox. 
You should have, what you should have done, Alex. Give the camera to the chambers here, mate. Can you take a picture of me? It's just there's something about when you see when you see footballers and stuff like that. But see, and even you know all the old players as well. I you know did a podcast with Nigel Winterburn a few years ago and stuff like that. And it was just like I just I it's it's so exciting. Yeah, it, 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 it? I think it's just it's just footballers in general because that's what we love, isn't it? You know what I mean? And uh, and they're 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 just like us anyway, aren't they? You know, and so like and you do ask for a phone, and they're all like you know always very helpful, and they go, yeah, yeah, no problems, like you know, it's 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 good, isn't it? Like you know, so uh, Harry, well, I've got to ask you when you um when you see these players, do they recognise you, Alex? Do they say, oh, like they or, or they're not got a clue, or some of them have, or um. Ramsey um, recognised me. Oh, I'm jealous now. I'm jealous now. On the plane home from uh, Baku last season, when we were, when we were boarding, it was like, there was like the club charter flight was going through. Like Murtasaka was going through. Um, Pat Rice was uh, walking through, and he was I can't remember who it was that he was talking to, and he turned around and said, "Ah, oh, this guy's a real legend." And put his arm around me, and I was like, completely. I didn't. I didn't think Pat Rice would be into a comedy, but apparently, <laughs> he absolutely bloody loves it. We saw Arshavin. I got a great photo of Arshavin. He's a funny little fucker. He's <laughs> 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 all weird little geese. I was like, oh, Dre Arshavin. Let's get a photo with him. He looked like dead sheepish. So swearing. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good, mate. That's good. <laughs> Just for, we'll wrap we'll up while we've we got Alex on it. So, how, 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 how comes you become an Arsenal fan? Let's have a little, uh, yeah, let's have a little Alex chat. Let's have a little Alex chat. Yeah, let's have a little football really until I was like a little bit older. So, like, and not until I was like eight or nine. And I'm from Croydon originally, so some of my family are Palace fans. Oh, but me I too. didn't really support anyone. And like, when I ended up kind of getting into football, like, my best mates were all Arsenal fans, and that was it really. And kind of yeah, never really looked back. My stepdad was an Arsenal fan as well. He's an Arsenal fan. My old man used to hate the fact I supported Arsenal. He didn't support anyone, but the fact my stepdad supported him. He, <laughs> he always used to go, ah, they're crap. Even in 2004, he was like, ah, they're crap. Just to try and get me because it annoyed him that I supported the Arsenal. And um, so, yeah, it was, um, it was one of those things. I remember, like, kind of... My, the first big games I remember, like Zaragoza, that that Cup Winners' Cup final was the first time I ever like really cried at football, and it was just like from then I've pretty much yeah been um been hooked Tough. and I've been, I've been lucky as well because you know I kind of when I moved down to London to do telly, uh, my well she was my then girlfriend she's now my wife when we were looking for flats and that I was like ah. Oh, apparently there's some near 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 the uh, Arsenal ground if you fancy coming to look at there. <laughs> And I remember we, we ended up going and moving into into the the Highbury Stadium Square, and we lived there for a couple of years. It was absolutely mint. Um, oh, so, yeah, wow. been, when I got my first, oh, I was so excited. It's like that thing, you know, in Fever Pitch, where he kind of talks about like being feeling connecting with the club yeah, yeah. all the time. It's like they've done. That's where I've seen you, isn't it? Where I got my season ticket now. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And it's like. Before that, I was over in the West End, and I think when I first got my season ticket, you know, it's it's not. I always wanted that where you kind of have that nod of acknowledgement with the people who sit around you, and like <laughs> even the people that do your in and it like you know, it's just that that's what I kind of I've always wanted. So I've been I've been really lucky. I got I tell you what I'll tell you this true story. I got um 
I did a comedy gig at Arsenal a few years ago and got um, asked if I wanted to go in the box for the cup semi-final. It was when we played Reading. And it's the first time I've been invited in like a director's box or any, or it wasn't the director's box, but it was like a posh box at Wembley. And I was with a couple of uh, other comedians and uh, I was with Rob Beckett and uh, Romesh Ranganathan, not name dropping, but that's who. Do it, mate. Do it. They'd got there on time and like they'd been there for the meal. I don't remember turning up. I'd been to the Green Man before and I was absolutely. This meal, not dressed smartly at all. Late to this morning, there's this photo that Rob took, and there's I was just asleep. The whole game, <laughs> and I've never been invited back by the club to any games, so um, I'm lucky I've got my season. Oh, mate. I'm not uh, yeah, in the posh seats with the rest of them. You appear to be Jack Whitehalls of this world. I don't get to get in there yet. Just near you, that'll do, mate. Yeah, no, mate, mate. That's all you need, bro. That's all you need, <laughs> Alex. I've got to ask you, mate, uh, who's your favorite ever Arsenal player, mate, and why? Uh, Perez, I loved him. I just, I just thought he was just, he was just wonderful. And that, like, that 2002 season when he got and got injured as well, and that in that run up he was so good. He was just unplayable. Outstanding, yeah. You know, he just he he influenced so many games, so large. And you know, and then he came back from. God, been one that was a big old injury. He came back from. Yeah. By the way, and like he still came back and played at like you know. A, a, a high level and I just I just thought he was he was unreal I, I loved him and it's weird because it's like a lot of people probably think on Henri but uh, I just love Perez I love it. I still you always see him he's always knocking about because he still works at the club doesn't he I'm yeah. still hopeful that one of these days he gets some sort of promotional event or something like that try and wang on my way in you know, not play the card and just get the wheelchair back and just sit outside <laughs> far park long enough you've <laughs> not, not met Robert Perez never met him nah never met him mate I'd lose my mind ah, yeah, right, I met Henri I met Henri I was lucky enough to meet Henri once um, but yeah no, I'd, I'd, I'd lose my mind if I met, met Perez We've got loads of things coming in the chat. Carol says she's met David O'Leary in Sainsbury's. So you know, yeah, we've all met him now. No, oh, he's a nice guy. Liam Brady, nice guy, and all that. Like you know, so, <laughs> you know, uh, Do- Donna Potts. I don't know who Donna Potts is saying. Yeah, who's Donna Potts? Yeah, like you know I mean, she she uh, saying she that uh, she agrees with uh, Alex that uh, Robert Perez is her favourite. Uh, I saw someone earlier down on the chat. Yeah, no, so, I mean, you could be brothers. Say again, Alex. Someone on the chat earlier, I was just looking, glancing on the side, and I saw that someone, uh, yeah, said uh, they thought me and you. you know what, mate? The picture picture that I had of me and you, Alex, everyone kept saying, Oh, are you two brothers? You two brothers? (laughs) I'm thinking, I'll take that. I'll take that. (laughs) I can find. Mate, I've got to ask you as well, Alex, you're. You've obviously gone for Perez as your favourite player. If you was to pick one, your favourite game that you've been to, like live, that you watched live, what would you go for? Well, we went, like, the Leicester game when we went the season unbeaten was on my 20th birthday. And I remember my mate Jack Jack couldn't get a ticket, the guy I sit next to now, and we couldn't get two because back in the days where you had to log on to Ticketmaster and it was an absolute free-for-all. It was just like, if you didn't get one in the first few minutes, you weren't going to get one. And I remember we like one got in the basket and then I had that one and we couldn't end up getting in one. So I ended up going up, spent the day on my own, just going Uh up there. And honestly, I tell you what, it was, um, 
that was one of the great days. And I, I don't think I ever, at the time, I don't think I fully appreciated it. Oh, obviously, at the time, I didn't think we wouldn't win the league again that soon after it. So I just think that that was that day. I remember how hot it was. And that, and that was amazing. And the other one I, I, I loved was the Juventus at home in the Champions League. Yes. In that 2006. And the, the Arsenal, they, the social media, Twitter, they put up a clip of it the other day. And it was, Highbury was so loud that night. It was something unreal. And it was like Fabregas, like, took control of the game. You got me in mind, like, Vieira was at, Ju- at Juventus. At Juventus, yeah. It was just, that game was just, just incredible. And Henri, wasn't it? Henri with the yeah. second goal. Yeah, those two would, would probably kind of a big standout ones uh, for me personally. I must admit, the Juventus one was great because that was the first one that me and my dad went to Highbury. That was the first one because I I could always get into Highbury, but I could never get my dad to come up with us. And that was just a perfect night for me. So to get my dad to go to Highbury, 1-2-0. Uh, and that Leicester one, I mean, going unbeaten. I remember Paul Dickoff scored and everyone thought, oh, you're joking. Don't lose yeah. this, last, this last one. Do you know what I mean? And then obviously Henry with a penalty and then probably one of the best passes that I've seen from Burkamp through to Vieira. Absolute class. So um that se- whole season was just magnificent, wasn't it? You know, I don't think we're gonna get one like it. At the time I honestly don't think I appreciated it. It's like I look back and I think we went through my whole first year at university without losing a game. And we got to the stage at the start of the following season where I remember us playing Middlesbrough at home and we like went behind a couple of times. Yeah, three one down, weren't we? Yeah. Doing, doing them like five three, and it just or five four, five three. Five just, three, yeah. How many times the other team scored? We'd always um, we just blast them away. We had another gear to go to, which is sometimes you know when I look at the team now, sometimes I, I feel like we're slightly lacking. Those all the great mm. teams go through the gears. There were more yeah. gears. To go to do, where you, do you not think like, like that season, that, that invincible season? I just went to every game thinking. I know we're going to win. I don't, I don't know how many by. Do, you know, do you know what I mean? We just went joy, in with those games. It's a joy. And, you know, we can say what we want about the latter Arsene Wenger years, but you find me a football fan in the world that wouldn't give, you know, give anything to have experienced that. You know, God, you know, you think about the amount of large Tottenham fans give it. They've got no right, have they? they got no right, have they? had our near misses. And that's a fact. You know, so it's like, I think we're, we, we were spoiled. We were spoiled and, you know, maybe, you know, some of the reaction to us and towards the latter stages was that of being slightly spoiled. But then I don't get that debate late on now. (laughs) No, no, no. no, (laughs) Going back to that Juventus game, just remember that Robert Perez robbed uh, Patrick Vieira. He did. You know what I mean? Probably the only ever, the only tackle he's made, like, you know, so. um, Great. What about you, Harry? What's What's your best game? I've got a bit difficult for me to say, but it's tough for me. Game that I was at live, it's got to be. It's it's a hard one because there's been obviously loads of North London derbies. Um, I didn't get to go to Old Trafford till quite late on, so I didn't miss. I didn't. I was 11 when we won the league there, so I couldn't go by myself. Um, But I'm probably going to have to go with an Emirates era game, and in that sense. I'd have to pick the Barcelona one, the two-one win, because yeah, that's that was, mine. That was some. That's some mine. I just, yeah. I just remember ending up three or four rows further down than where I was because <laughs> when we scored. But also, when I was walking up to the ground to go to that game, somebody bumped into me coming out of a shop, and it turned out that he was a pickpocket, and he took my wallet, and um, 
I lost my wallet and my keys and my season ticket was in the wallet. So I was sick. I was obviously shitting myself thinking I'm not going to be able to get into the ground. So I've sprinted down to the box office and you know what a faff it is to get a replacement. There's a massive queue and they ask you a hundred questions. And I literally got into my seat as the game was kicking off and I'm normally really early. So I was like, when that goal went in after I, the, the madness passed, I, I was like really grateful that I was there and that I got in. So that I game, remember that. I remember because that game for me was superb because I was going to the away leg. So I, was, I had tickets for the away leg, and that was the year that Van Persie got sent off for kicking the ball away. So I, yeah. I was gutted. Great, great time and all that out there. You knew Camp amazing and all that. But uh, that's that one for me. North London Derby 5 2 was right up there as well. But I think Barcelona, just because I just didn't expect us to win, that was the best Barcelona side I've ever seen, you know, those era. So I think that was great for me. And, um, and I, I really enjoyed the Henri goal against Leeds when he came back. I thought that was yeah, fantastic. That's another that one. was definitely uh, right up there for me. Um, I, I'm going to show. I'm going to show. Tell you my age now. But the best game I've ever been to <laughs> was uh, was at White Hart Lane at '87, the semi-final. It was just it never ever get beaten. When Rowcastle scored in the yeah. last minute, all the Spurs fans were singing "We're going to Wembley," and the whole crowd was going "We're going to Wembley." You're not. You're not. And we was like losing and Dan, you know, Charlie Nicholas been carried off. And then the, the mad sort of six minutes, it was just, you know, heaven. It was, it was heaven. Like, you know, and like where I live, I obviously like in the Spurs era, me and my mate were standing at White Hart Lane station and there was about six or seven big old Spurs strapping lads, strapping lads they were. And they was going like, <clears throat> if, um, if we see an Arsenal fan now, I'll fucking kill him. I'll kill him. <laughs> Come on, you Spurs. It's <laughs> 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 a great day. It was a great day. Like, yeah. Lee, was you not there at Anfield, 89? No. Did you know what? It was on a Friday night. I always, my mate, who I go with, Steve, who I go with all the time, he went up there. I, I am jealous to this day of him for going. I, I you know, I, I, I don't know how old I was, 19, 20 at the time. I don't know, but I was young. And I, I, I just felt getting up there on a Friday night. It was all, it was just too much. And I, we'd lost it. Well, we hadn't lost. We drew with um, Wimbledon on a Wednesday. And I just said, oh, I ain't, ain't, ain't going to go. I'm not going couldn't get a ticket. Didn't want to go. I ain't going to win it anyway. Same old story. Yeah, it's throwing me toys out. So <laughs> Steve went, he, he went up there and, uh, and, I, and I didn't. And um, I regret that for the rest of, you know, because when you see those scenes, you know, that, that, that's when obviously terraces were about. It was a completely, it was, you know, amazing. And uh, I went up there the following year, I think, and we lost 2-1. So, you know what I mean? So maybe it was a good thing that I didn't go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, it must have been good. I'd love to have gone, man. I was, oh, I, was two, I was two years old, though, so I never would have uh, never would have remembered it, unfortunately. A bit too the, young. The greatest thing about that was, because we was at home, though, we was able to go to Highbury jump down at Ivory and, and go around all the party scenes. And you know, like you, you see the fever pitch, what it was like, you know, it was like that. It was exactly like that. Everybody going mad in the streets and then everybody, it was just a fantastic time. You know, I never thought Arsenal, in my supporting Arsenal, I never thought we'd win the league because Liverpool were this great side. And then <clears throat> to go there and win like that, it was, was unbelievable. Like, you know, so, uh, you know, um, the great, great days. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Before we wrap up, Alex, just want to talk to you about nowadays Arsenal. A uh, bit frustrating. I've spoken to you at the ground a few times and in the stadium, have a beer with you about it. It's been frustrating and pretty depressing at times, mate. But yeah. where, where do you see us going with Arteta? Um, I think we were, you know, obviously I think that we've, we've, we've picked up. I think that we've improved a bit. If you think back to the West Ham game just before we, we've had this break, you know, actually, let's be honest, West Ham 
should have scored a couple of goals yeah. in that. Really, yeah, should have beat us. Yeah, there's the you know what we're lucky to kind of get a win there, and I think that he's got a big old job in his hands, and I think we've just got to kind of wait and see, really. And you know, I mean, the, the kind of the goalposts have shifted again somewhat for us. I suppose it's the same with everyone in world football. I know there's there's bigger things uh, uh, playing the world at the moment, but you know, some of the talk about kind of Arsenal wanting to defer wages and stuff like that, and obviously for us, how much our match day revenue accounts for 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 how much we uh, we take in as a club, and um, yeah, it's kind of for us. I don't, you know, we're not going to have the money for to to compete unless someone goes and. Piles and still less, you know, Cronky gets a bang on the head and goes, actually, do you know what? I might have to put money into this. Just not, you know, this is, you know, there's more chance of, you know, my leg growing back. Let's be quite frank. That game has changed. We're going to be, um, you know, it, it's going to be a tough one, really. It's weird because, you know, we were talking before about the Vengi years and now, now as Arsenal fans are, are you know, our goals are slightly shifted, really, on, on what we want. I mean, you know, you look at it now, and to get back into the Champions League has got to be the next the next big hope for us, really. And, um, you know, but I think, you know, he talks a good game, Arteta, and I, I think give him time. You know, it's, it's not it's not that long he's been there, and give him a bit of time, and we've just got to, we've got to see what, what happens, really. It's a, I've got to tell you this. I, um, I did some filming at Arsenal uh, just before Christmas, and there's a, I've I've done a documentary for BBC, but I saw a bit of footage for it. It wasn't about us. It was just it was basically about like kind of it was called Alex Brooker disability and me. It's basically about this is a bit of promo for it um, before it comes out, but it's oh, basically man. about my life anyway. But there's a they filmed me from far in the ground, and it's the funniest few seconds of film ever because there's a shot of Arsenal. You can the crowd go like wild and everyone starts cheering. I give it a large and. Like go absolutely nuts, jump on my stepdad, and the next thing it does is cut to the scoreboard, and it's Arsenal one, Southampton one, and you. Honestly, it really made me laugh. It is like you'd have thought we'd have just scored the winner in a cup final. And honestly, it was because I was so fucked up with that game, how shit we were. Oh, and I right. really gave it a big, and it's like thank God for that. <laughs> Like, yeah, fans of other teams are going to really laugh at it because it is absolutely ridiculous. We are at the moment. And, you know, God, you look at where we were under Emery and that was grim. Oh, that was grim. That was was grim. And, you know, know, when we talk before the game sometimes, it's like you you hope upon hope that we're going to go and absolutely tonk someone. But it just, it never quite... um, works out really and I, I just think that we, we're just going to have to be patient with it um, but to be honest with you this is a thing the fact that we've had a bit of a break from football has just made me appreciate it in general yeah. a lot more so it's like honestly like I'm looking forward to us you know like Mustafi doing something ridiculous I think I'll cry <laughs> <laughs> I know he'd been better before the break but it's like if he goes and slips or something like that I think I'll just be so Happy just to be back there. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm not going to moan if we if we don't get the results when we go back. I'm not going to moan. I am not going to moan. No, I'll, I'll hold you. I'll hold you to that, Lee. Uh, no, I'm just going to appreciate being there. I'm just going to appreciate couple, it. Yeah, first couple. We give them a pass for the first yeah. couple, like yeah, I mean. But I'll I'll tell if Mustafi does slip when he scores a goal, I'll be blaming you, lot. Going, look, look, you, <laughs> you bloody wish that, you know what I mean? So. <laughs> 
I'm never going to slate uh, Brighton versus Burnley Super Sunday again, though. I'll happily watch it. I tell you, because <laughs> yeah. I'll take that. I'll take, I'll take that at a moment. I'll take anything in a month. The other day, everybody was going mad watching a watching a virtual race. You know what I mean? The national. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like this is how this is how desperate we are for a bit of football now. Like, time, you know, the thing is, when you get those crap Super Sundays, there is usually a European game somewhere that compensates for it. So I might say to the missus, "Oh, you know what." We could do what you want in the afternoon, but then at, at night I'm watching Milan Juve or something. Yeah, yeah. I'll swap it around. Yeah, I'll swap them around. <laughs> God, mate. You might have to talk to her now, Harry. Oh, my, mate, do you know how much I've learned about my missus in the last few weeks? <laughs> I know that I know that she does the ironing. I know that my clothes don't just magically get back in my wood. Drove. I've learned so much. But she puts them away for you. That's unreal, yeah. that is. Oh, you know, She's well trained, Harry. That's well trained, that is. That's it. Very well trained. Just ask uh, a question. Do you have your do you have your uh, boxer shorts ironed? My mate, his his missus box irons his boxer shorts. That's, I've what? never heard of something. That's unbelievable. She must be like she must love him to do that. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. I've got certain ones that get ironed and certain ones that don't. So like my nice ones, you know, like lucky my, ones. Yeah, lucky ones, yeah. is it? Oh yeah. <laughs> well, well, we know what ones they are. Like <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Boys, it's been top. Um, Alex, listen, thanks thank you lot, so much. Oh, thanks for coming on, Alex. Thank really you, mate. Day. Within the first couple of minutes, I've realised I've made a big mistake. I can't tell you how cold it is. It's good. Cold. It's I just don't know how I'm be feeling them right now. It is so cold. <laughs> <laughs> it's so cold. My arms are blue, mate. <laughs> Oh, oh, you've done well. You've done well. I appreciate you coming on. It's been, been Alex, it's, it's been awesome, mate. We really appreciate you, man. And uh, when the football's back, mate, yeah, when the football is back, well, I'll buy you a beer and uh, we'll get together. But come on, that's the first. Damn, buying a beer, do you, that, judges? You can talk, judges. You can talk. Won't be a half pint one, judges. Oh, anyway. Terrible. Right? No, you know what? You know what? Next Arsenal game, we should all get together for a beer. Yeah, we always we'll, say, but yeah, we never. Yeah, we'll definitely do that. Like, yeah. I'm on the I'm on the halves though, only on the halves by all and half. I actually oh, agree yeah. with you on the halves. I think that's the right way to go. To yeah. You. Oh, if you're drinking a beer, it's got to be a pint, boys. Come on, what have you done? There's a method. There's a method to it. I agree with the judge on that. I'll take the thank piss you. Out. Thank you very much, Harry. Thank you very much. Fair enough. <laughs> Fellas. Anyway, boys, it's been an absolute pleasure. Harry, thank you for joining us, mate. Thank you, mate. It's been wicked and judges, of course, mate. Top no, man I, as ever. I really enjoyed that. Really enjoyed yeah, it's it. been great. It's been really good just to get a little bit of reminiscing and talking about some memories. And fairly positive podcast, boys, as well. It weren't a very negative one, was it? It was all good fun as well. I'll tell you, just before we go, something you've got to watch on to. I've got onto another series now. I don't know if oh, you've seen Oh, here we go. Here we go. Life on Mars. Have you ever seen that? Yeah, Gene Hunt. Quality. Oh, I've never seen it before. Like, See, this is a good thing about lockdown, like, you know, so... Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm into that now, like you know. Someone said, oh, "Have you ever tried life on Mars?" I said, "No." So I'm, I'm in about the third episode, loving it, loving there it. There we like, go. You know, so, so if anyone's seen it, Peppa Pig in my house, fellas, just to keep the kids happy. It's non-stop Peppa Pig, and honestly, <laughs> <laughs> good luck with that. It's like, yeah, I just Peppa Pig is such a bad like example to children. She's an absolute knob. I cannot. <laughs> <laughs> like they all laugh. Like the dad's allowed to get away with being this buffoon, and it's just it's, <laughs> non-stop. And they're always digging out Edmund Elephant as well. Being a, like just because he knows stuff, he gets dug out by them all. 
We're all getting serious to watch, and Alex is watching Peppa Pig. That's oh, quality. Right, yeah, right, right. <laughs> Love it, boys. Love it. Listen, thank you very much, guys. Thank you, everyone who's in the chat room as well. Thank you for all of yeah, you. 150 that, yeah. of you at one point tonight watching live. Thank you all so much. Um, hope you've enjoyed the show, and hopefully, we'll get Alex on again sometime. It's been an absolute yeah, pleasure. Cool. Cheers, mate. Thank you very much, guys. Up the Arsenal. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.